You're listening to episode 42 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Have you ever thought about writing a book? I know for me, it's been something on my heart since I was a little girl, but lately I've been hearing more and more about the power behind writing a book to grow your business. So that's why I asked an expert to come on the show and really break it down for us. But he's not just any expert. Joshua Lysick is the go-to ghostwriter behind some of the best books that you've probably been reading all this time. He's the world's only award-winning, celebrity-recommended, and number one international best-selling certified professional ghostwriter. Yes, that's a thing. He's also the founder of the Entrepreneur's Wordsmith, which is a ghostwriting company that basically is designed for people kind of like us, like people who are out there pursuing their passions, monetizing their passions, entrepreneurs who are doing big things, who ultimately want to bring a book into the world. And maybe... They want to write it themselves and they want to be guided through the process, or maybe they want it written for them, but they want it in their voice. I mean, it's their words, it's their book. That's what Joshua does. So I peppered this poor man with so many questions up the yin-yang because I had to know all the deets about how to write a book, how to use it to leverage your business and launch it forward, and how the heck does this whole ghostwriting thing actually work? So I'm just going to get right to it because this one is gold. Today's review comes from Kristen71. Worth the listen. Do yourself a favor and listen to Liz. I love her voice and approach to all topics. One thing that's stuck with me, be an impactor, not an influencer. An inspirational, get me going listen. So worth your time. Thank you so much, Kristen. I just appreciate so much that you guys take the time to write these reviews. I read them, I love them, I appreciate them, and I want to do everything I can to cheer you guys on in your mission. So when you write a review, it's my goal to shout it out on this podcast and also to share your name, especially if you have an Instagram name so that you can get some traction on your page because I want to do everything I can to support you along the way. Let's get on to the show. Okay, Joshua, it's so good to have you here. Welcome to the show. Hello, Elizabeth. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. So you've done it all, it seems. You've ghostwritten over 40 books, taken the TEDx stage. You've helped your clients build million-dollar product funnels, which I can't wait to pick your brain on, and help them 70x their uh, return on investment with working with you as a ghostwriter. So wow and awesome. I would love, if you don't mind, kind of hearing a little bit more about what led you here? Like ghostwriting, we'll talk a little bit more about what that is and how you do it, but what was the journey like? Have you always been a writer? Was this something you always had you know, in your vision for your future? What does that look like? I became a ghostwriter completely by accident. <laughs> Let's rewind the clock a few years. So when I was a youngster, my life goal was to become a published novelist someday. I always loved the, the, the great fantasy novels of Western literature. And so I thought I'd add some to that canon. And it turns out before I was legal drinking age, I was 20 years old, I had a two book uh, publishing contract, an actual book deal with a publishing house in Washington, DC. Um, And as I was going about promoting my books, meeting fans, signing copies, taking selfies, um, I started a freelance writing business on the side. And so I had these two kind of gigs going on here uh, simultaneously. 
And it was interesting because they crossed paths. A couple of my freelance writing a business owner clients, apparently they found uh, they found out about my books. They read my uh, my first novel, and a couple of them reached out to me and they said the very similar thing. They said, Joshua, I can't believe it. It's past midnight. I'm 50 pages into your book. Do this for me. I said, Well, what do you mean? You want me to write you a novel? What are you talking about here? And they said, No, it's not uh, not fiction. But it's a story. I want to share my life story, my experiences, uh, kind of have a legacy book on my business and on my industry. And uh, like a real idiot, I said, no, I'm a novelist. This is my own thing. I'll work with you for your uh, your business growth. But I don't write books for people. I mean, what is that even called? Not even knowing that such a profession as ghostwriting existed at the time. Right, oh, right. Naive young Joshua. Well, fortunately, young Joshua came to his senses. And after some persistence from one author in particular, I finally said, yes, okay, fine, I'll help you with your book. And I've been saying, yes, okay, fine, I'll help you with your book ever since. Wow, that's amazing. So, all right, the novels. You, so you've written two novels, and now you've been ghostwriting, and you've written over 40 books. Which one are you more in love with? Like, you've written the two novels, but it seems like you've done more with the ghostwriting. Is that where you want to live now? Like, that you've found a passion for ghostwriting? I have. And the reason why is that most people, I think 90 something percent of people want to write a book at some point. Like it's, it's up there with visiting the pyramids on the bucket list for most people. Right. And so having done that at, at such a young age twice and, and having the book deal, promoting the books, being on stages, you know, doing workshops on my books, all that fun stuff, fulfilling a lifelong goal. It's like, well, now what? Right. So for me, it is wildly rewarding to help other people who've wanted to write a book for a lot longer than I did, finally helped their literary dreams come true as well. And doing it for people who their reader or their, their fans, their customers, their followers, their audience have been begging them to write a book, uh, but they just haven't found the time or been able to pick up the talent for writing a persuasive, emotionally compelling book that converts you to the next step inside of their business. And so when they, they come to me and they say, hey, I need your help, it's really rewarding for everyone because they don't have to do any of the work and they can still have the uh, have the result. It's kind of like uh, you get to say a surrogate pregnancy. Yeah, exactly. That would be nice. <laughs> okay, so for our listeners who are like young Joshua who might not have a full understanding of what ghostwriting really is, can you tell us more about it and what is ghostwriting? What do you do as a ghostwriter? How would the client utilize a ghostwriter? All that good stuff. Yes. So I think of ghostwriting as acting in print because that's not just my job to write typo free. It's my job to portray the author's authentic voice on the page so that when someone picks up the book, they can't tell they work with a ghostwriter. I'm going back over the last eight years that I have been ghostwriting. Every author I've worked with has come back and they said that to me. They say, oh my gosh, Joshua, I can't believe I didn't write this. It sounds like me, but it's not just me. It's the best version of what I could have possibly said. I don't know how you did that, but let's keep going here. So that's always the the feedback because it's not, again, just, okay, I'm going to interview you about your book. I'm going to transcribe it, fix the typos, cut out the uhs and the ums, and you got yourself a book. That's not quite how ghostwriting works. It's, It's my job to come alongside the author and listen to their ideas, take shape of their stories, their previous content they've created from videos to newsletters to trainings, even courses that they've created in the past. Take this library of content that kind of feels to the aspiring author like a tornado went through a library. You've got stuff everywhere. And so it's the ghostwriter's job to come and find out what's going to make the most sense to be in the book. 
what doesn't make sense to be in the book and what's going to make everything work in this book in order to achieve the author's specific goal, whether that's specific to personal branding, whether that's getting as many readers into a funnel as possible and converting them into high ticket clients. It's a really fun process because yes, every author's goal is a little bit different, but the process is somewhat the same. So many people are surprised how little commitment of time is involved on the part of the author when you're working with the ghostwriter. I have clients who are jet setting all around the world and they're able to find in their schedule an hour a week to talk to me. That's all that it requires, an hour a week for a couple of months to really elicit the full scope of the content for the manuscript. And if they have WhatsApp or Voxer, they'll spend five, 10 minutes recording. You know, they're, they're, oh, I had, a, I had a great revelation. Put this in the book. They'll turn on uh, WhatsApp for five minutes before their flight to halfway around the world. And then that'll, that'll end up into the, uh, into the book itself. Wow. So that's amazing. So it's literally an hour a week and you're asking them questions and kind of just trying to pull, like you obviously have your system and how you do this, but you're just kind of hopping on the phone or capturing those Voxer messages or whatever it might be to then create the outline and then go from there and writing the book. So what kind of things are you asking an author? Give us an example, like you don't have to give us a name if you can't, but like give us an example of kind of a storyline and how, what the author's goal was. And then some of the things that you did to kind of pull that out of them. Cause I'm so curious. This is so interesting to me. Sure. I can even give you a kind of a step-by-step uh, process here, how this, how this works typically with an author. So there is a template, a, a template that we use in the publishing industry for every book. And now that you'll, you, you'll be letting on the secret you will never be able to not see this in a book again. The winning template for nonfiction books, you start with a story, whether it's your story, the story of the client, maybe the story about a study, a story of a history, maybe of, a, of an industry or of a service, for example. You always start with some sort of a narrative to open a chapter. From there, you get to the point of the story. You want to tell people why you just told them that. Okay, like, what's the point? Why did I just go through those five, 10 pages? From there, you transition to the framework, the theory, process, tactic, tip. Like now it's like teaching time, right? Now that we've got your attention and you're learning something now. And for every tip or process or step that you're sharing, you want to give an example. Of. So you not just say, okay, do this. You want to say, do this, for example. And then at the end of the chapter, you want to wrap it up with the call to action. So, okay, now that I've learned this, what am I going to go do? Is there a script that I can follow? Are there some bullets I need to look and kind of get a quick review of what I learned in this chapter? Where do I go from here, basically? So that's Mm -hmm. the template that we're going to apply for everyone. Most authors who come to me, they're not starting completely from scratch. Even if they have a half a page of an outline, they've got something. Some authors, it's like I am Michelangelo staring at a block of marble and I have to find David in there somewhere. So I had one client a couple of years ago we ended up producing about a 45,000 word nonfiction book in the web marketing space. He started with over 250,000 words worth of transcripts of video courses and in emails and speeches and trainings and webinars. So everyone is, is starting with something, even if it's just the idea for the book. So my job is to, first of all, get kind of a feel of where you want this book to go. What, what results do you want to deliver? And then from there, what we do is we look at the, the best practice that what the template is for the book. And then we find, okay, where are their stories that you've talked about? Maybe you shared a story in a, in a webinar, you did an interview, you gave a great example. That's the opening story of chapter one, but we don't have one for chapter two. 
So we need to have a, a conversation, a conversation that I call an uninterview, because it's not like a journalist in your in your face with the mic. It's a real casual, even fun, engaging, high energy conversation where the author is being the uncensored version of themselves, totally authentic, telling it like it is. Um, and then, of course, it's that version of themselves that shows up on the page in that story. That's amazing. So then as you write the book, are you sending chapters off to the author to kind of say, okay, like fact check this for me, or what do you think about this? Or are certain authors less involved than others? What's that process look like the back and forth? It's iterative because most authors, they don't want to hire someone who disappears for six months, come back with a 300 page manuscript, and they have to take a month off to go through this thing. So what we do instead is we go one stage at a time, one step at a time. Like the first month in those conversations we're having, that usually reveals what the outline is going to be. As in, where are you going to take readers? Because coming from the world of writing fiction and into the world of nonfiction, that's a great asset for authors because it's not like you're writing a textbook. You're telling a story. And in the world of best-selling popular fiction, we have what's called the three-act story structure. Some will call this the hero's journey where you know, there's, the, there's the protagonist who faces off against the antagonist and the antagonist's minions and comes out heroic in the end. Well, in the case of nonfiction, your reader is the protagonist. So what journey are you going to take them on? What are their antagonists and their minions? You need to help them overcome. And so what we're doing is we're taking the idea of writing a book from self-promotion, ego boost, to useful, to innovative, to something that is going to generate word of mouth marketing, which is the number one way books are sold nowadays is word of mouth marketing. Now, one of the ways that we make sure we're actually writing something that people want to read is we look at the existing categories of books that people are already buying. So I mentioned web marketing. Let's say someone listening right now, you have a, a web marketing agency and you want to write a, a book. Well, what are you going to write about? You have 101,000 different things you're thinking of right now. Now, what we want to do is we want to narrow it down from what you could write about to what you must write about. And it's going to be some good old-fashioned customer research that tells you that. Go over to Amazon. Go to the web marketing book category. Go to the bestsellers. Pick four. Pick the top four best-selling books. And what you'll do is you'll go to the neutral reviews, two, three, and four-star reviews. You can do this on Barnes & Noble and Goodreads as well. But you want to look at the neutral reviews because the one and five star reviews tend to be from lovers and haters. Right. So we really want to focus on kind of the reasonable middle who took some time to give a book three stars. And you'll see things like, I bought this book on web marketing because I was promised there would be content on copywriting. I'm terrible at copywriting. I need to learn, learn more about copywriting. I bought this book and there was one paragraph on copywriting. I was expecting formulas, funnel, a chap or something. So then you go back there and you think, hmm, I see this sentiment. I wanted the whole chapter on copywriting over and over and over in these reviews. And you say to yourself, I hadn't thought about having a chapter on copywriting, but here my future readers are telling me that's what they want. And then maybe there's a section, uh, uh, there's, there's a type of reviews on funnel building. And people are saying, enough on funnel building. I just skipped that chapter. I already know that. And maybe you see that sentiment repeat 20 times across reviews for these books. So then you think, wow, I was going to have the first half of the book be funnel building. Maybe I should reconsider that. So 
that allows you, that, that public online feedback allows you to shape your book idea so that people are going to want to buy it before you've even written chapter one. Wow. So yeah, I've done that for different things, but I love that idea for a book. And I totally agree. You got to stick within the, the mid-range reviews because you don't, you don't want to like formulate your, your master plan of what you're building based on someone with, who's had a really crappy day or someone who just is like a, a fan of yours. So as you're building this stuff out for them and they send it over to you and you end up with this final manuscript of the book, what happens from there? Are you kind of just out of the process from there forward as they go in to publish that? Or are you helping them publish the book? How does that piece of the puzzle work when the writing is complete? Right, right. The, the truth is of ghostwriting, nobody wants to pay a ghostwriter for a Word document. Nobody wants to buy a Word document or a PDF. That thing is useless. It just sits there doing nothing. So early on in my career, I, I realized that because uh, you know a lot, of, a lot of people were saying, okay, well, I hire you and you give me a, a document now what? How do I make my money back? So what we've done is we have designed a totally new way to go about a profitable publishing process. So what we've done is just as we have ghostwriting, right? Someone else does all the work. You take all the credit. Ghost publishing is the complement to that. In ghost publishing, someone sets up an independent publishing business right alongside of your existing brand, takes care of all the logistics, all the legal stuff as part of this process. And you get to literally sit back and collect the royalty checks as your book is available and sold in the print edition, the digital edition, and yes, the audio edition, because that's where about one fifth of book sales, all book sales are going now is audio. And then of course, your book is available in over 100 countries through all the top retailers from Amazon to Barnes and Noble, Apple iBooks, Google Play, Audible, so on and so forth. And as part of this process, we have a complete funnel that we design for all of our authors. We help them if they want to do the free plus shipping author where they're getting free leads for their business with the, you know, get your book 95 for free. All you got to do is pay shipping, for example, to get free leads. There's so many different ways that you can make money very quickly off of a book. And so we tailor each book launch campaign to that. That's amazing. So when you say that you build out this, um, like the ghost publishing piece, is that technically self-publishing or is it a publishing company that you guys kind of own, or does the author then own it? Does it that is make the sense? author publishing company. Yes. So the, the path of ghost publishing is you're not buying a book from a ghostwriter. You're buying a publishing business. And right. it's not self-publishing because self-publishing is like when the book's available for sale, you go look at the barcode, you look at the ISBN. Okay. Who's published it? Amazon. Oh, okay. Create space. Oh, okay. So this is a self-published book, right? Well, what we've done is made it a process where we're borrowing from the traditional publishing path, where there's an actual imprint, a real publishing house. It just happens to be your business in this case. And you have access to high volume retail sales channels, bookstores, etc., that self-published authors cannot and do not have. Because it's, again, taking the best of the traditional publishing path and taking it and adding it to the best of self-publishing. So what's the best of each? Well, the best of self-publishing is quality and reach. So we add that into the ghost publishing process. The best of self-publishing is total creative control because an editor can't tell you, you can't say it this way. It's your call. And of course, higher royalties for each copy of the book that's, that's sold. So anywhere from like 5 to $10 from the self-publishing path per copy sold. Traditional publishing, maybe a couple of nickels. 
And that mm-hmm. math really, really adds up quickly if you have uh, if you have an audience already. So we've taken the best of both worlds and combined them in ghost publishing so that each of our clients is not only an author, but they're the owner of their own publishing imprint. And do you, when you work with people on their books, are you signing an NDA? Like, is this all non-disclosure? Or do some people come out and say, oh, I had a ghostwriter, meet him, meet Joshua. Like, what's the process with that? And how do you feel about if the process is, all right, you can't say you exist. How do you feel about being behind the scenes on these books? Yes. So about 80% of my clients, we do have a confidentiality agreement in place. These are the A-list types, the celebrity entrepreneurs, the, the, the household names. But the other 20% or so that I mentioned, either we, we didn't have a non-disclosure agreement in place, or they went ahead and ended it and said, hey, here's a testimonial video about us working together. Go ahead and share this with your, your, your next client. So those alone have been very useful because I have maybe 10, a dozen different case studies and testimonials and, and quotes on my website that focus on the results of what our ghostwriting against ghost publishing process is like. And it's okay that it's not like the, you know, the Oprah of the industry who's given us a testimonial. And the reason why is that when people look and they see an author has, you know, has built a million dollar product funnel off of the book, they've become an international bestseller in 20 countries. They sold 30,000 copies, right? These sorts of stories, and they're not quote unquote, a most famous person in the world. People see that and they're like, wow, this guy knows how to get success even for lesser known people. So I can just imagine what he could do for me. So that's been a very useful, uh, I guess you could say, psychological ninja trick that we've been able to uh, been able to, to use to teach people about our process. When it comes to the clients that do have a confidentiality agreement in place with, I guess how I feel about that, it, it doesn't particularly bother me because I've already have books out there with my name on them, having started as a as a novelist. So for me, there's no ego or grudge or bitterness or anything like that involved because like, hey, I'm, I'm already a published author, been there, done that. That's how I started this journey. So uh, I guess you could say I really have the best of both, both worlds, but being both the, the, the author and the ghostwriter. Yeah, I guess so. That's pretty cool. I want to know more about why should I consider writing a book? Like, how is this something that is going to leverage my business running an online business, mostly kind of different business models within there. Talk to me about that. Like, what are the benefits of going this path? The benefit is a simple acronym. You are going to become an ACE as an author. ACE stands for A-C-E, Authority, Credibility, Expertise. When you write a book, you become the ultimate authority. You're the person who gets to say, I wrote the book on my industry, my business, my product. Now, one of the benefits of, I guess, direct benefits of being an author is that that sets you up for the speaking engagements and the media opportunities. Go over to CNN, go over to their favorite frenemy, Fox News, and just search the term author of, and you will see hundreds, if not thousands of stories in which journalists, when they're looking for a source, they'll talk to a person who has author of behind their name. So right there, that sets you apart from other business people as the authority, the go-to authority, the person who's qualified to get up on this stage and give a keynote. We're getting paid very well for that. Really funny story that being an author, it comes with even perceived authority. So I, I met someone a, a few years ago. He gave a, a keynote speech and got, got paid very well for. And I asked him, how did you, how did you book this engagement? You just kind of came out of nowhere. And he said, well, I wrote this book 
And I sent it off to a few different places and said, hey, I'd like to give a speech on this topic at your conference, at your convention. These are the first people that got back with me. They cut me the check and everything. I came and gave the speech. Audience loved it. I went back and I asked, you know, why did you decide to choose me? And they said, well, your book was amazing. Oh, so you read my book. Well, no, we didn't read your book. We just saw the back cover and we read the copy and thought, well, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> so the perceived authority of being an author alone can be hilariously effective. In terms of sending copies of your book out, I have a few clients, they don't even sell the copies of their book. They're not even available on Amazon. They don't want that because what they do is they write a handwritten note, get a few copies printed, and just mail a copy of the book with a handwritten note to their dream 100 prospects. And that's how they basically get their foot in the door, get a meeting with untouchable, seemingly untouchable prospects because you're presenting yourself as someone who has so much information on your topic, you're such much of an expert, right? The, the E from ACE, that you have been able to fill 300 pages with your framework, your expert tips, your practices, and all that. So being the go-to expert as an author, it's one and the same. And of course, credibility, the middle letter there, when you come along and you, again, fill you know, 200, 300 pages of a book with your how-to processes, your case studies, right there alone, you are setting yourself apart from everyone else, even with more experience, who have not written a book yet. And what's funny about becoming an author is that you don't have to be in the industry for 30 years to do this. I have two clients who they haven't even launched their businesses yet, but they're coinciding the rollout of their business with the release of their book. They want to be set apart from everyone else, head and shoulders from day one. So the Perception alone, the, the ACE acronym, is, is fantastic because then you become a magnet for opportunities. And of course, when you design a book to lead people, to gently pull them into your funnel to work with you further, uh, then it becomes a truly profitable, measurable um, activity. And there's a few different ways that you can do that that I'm sure we can get into here. Awesome. So yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because I saw that you help people create funnels for their business, particularly I saw the notation that you help people build a million dollar plus funnel. So I'm imagining that the financial benefit and the business benefit isn't necessarily in the book itself as far as book sales, as much as it is as a piece of the funnel and the credibility and all that stuff you just talked about, but specifically to the business. Talk to me about that. Break that down a little bit. Yes. There's a fantastic quote that I love from the author of Guerrilla Marketing. The Essential Read for All Business business Owners. Uh, Jay Conrad Levinson uh, is his name. So he was asked how much guerrilla marketing that book made for him. And he said, I always tell people it made me $10 million. Okay. He said, the royalties were only 30000 bucks. That's how much I made off of the book. But the upsells, the programs, the products, the speaking, the news media mentions were counted for the remaining $9,970,000. And so you're absolutely right. That is the mental approach and the mental model you need to have of, of being an author. So how do you get access to that remaining you know, 9.9 million or whatever the equivalent is for your business? Well, what you want to do is you want to design the book so that you are, as we say here in Ohio, giving away the farm. A lot of authors are hesitant to, to share all their best material inside the book because it's like, well, then people don't need to buy from me. They don't need to work with me. That's not necessarily true. What you want to do is you want to overwhelm people with useful information, useful tips, practical case studies, and applicable information so that they're not even halfway through the book 
And they're like, yeah, I should probably just hire this person to do all of this. This is amazing. So think about making your book as so freaking good as possible that it's so good, it's overwhelmingly good. And then what you do inside the book itself is you make it easier, faster, and cheaper to implement what you've taught. We keep giving the web marketing book example. So let's say you're, you're an, an agency entrepreneur. You're writing a book on web marketing, maybe your unique strategies that you use to make web marketing profitable for your clients. Well, what you can do, let's say maybe you have, uh, you have a chapter on copywriting because your readers told you that that's what they wanted. So maybe you give your best formulas inside of this, uh, inside of this chapter for headlines, subheadlines, bullets, bodies, like all of you, you've completely deconstructed your process for writing persuasive copy to the point that people are reading it. They're 15 pages into the chapter thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to learn all this. This is so, this is so good, but it's really hard. There's a lot here for me to get through. Then what you do is you have a little call out box, maybe halfway through the chapter, into the chapter. And you say, for your free content upgrade, go to nameofthebook.com slash freebies slash upgrade slash resources, maybe. And then what they can get are your free 30 scripts for any occasion, copy for any occasion, three downloadable scripts, copy, paste, and send. And you can get prospects right away. You can have uh, uh, high converting emails. This is scripts for sales pages, all of this. So they don't have to hire a, a copywriter to you know, freelance writer, figure out that just to start getting this useful information. It's faster, it's cheaper, and it's easier, right? So they don't have to figure it out themselves. It's a no-brainer. Of course, they're going to go to this web page. Of course, they're going to give you their email and download the content upgrade and get started working with it. So now, of course, they're in your funnel and whatever you would normally do for your product launch, for reaching out to clients, offering a discovery call, you've got them at that point. But the exciting thing is they're a customer. They're not a newbie. They're not a prospect. They're an actual customer. They paid you five, 10, 20 bucks for the book. And we all know that past customers convert at a much, much higher rate than prospects do, you know, the, the just regular leads. So you have in your, in your funnel now, someone who sees you as a credible expert and authority, and they're getting a lot of use out of your, their information. So we find that that type of a person entering into your funnel is a much, much higher quality prospect who's willing to spend a lot more because they're already a customer. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. I think so often we find we find ourselves putting our energy and our focus into trying to find new people, find more people when we're not when we're neglecting the people we already have and not serving them because they're the people who are with us. Like they want what we have to share. So I think a lot of people who think about writing a book think they haven't written anything yet, but they're like, I want to be a New York Times bestseller. In what ways do you have strategies to have this book launch and come out into the world and have it be a hot enough ticket that that's a possibility for people? Like there's the process of writing the book, then there's the process of publishing it, then there's the process of getting it out there. But how do you have strategies to ensure that it's coming out hot? Like this is the marketing behind it and the launch strategies and everything of that nature. There's a little bit of art and a little bit of science as part of that process. So there are countless bestseller lists that are out there. Um, if you're gunning for the New York Times, let's say, that is out of reach for, for most authors. And the reason why is that the New York Times bestseller list, as do some of the big newspaper bestseller lists, what they do is they look at a service called BookScan. BookScan is a property of Nielsen, like you know Nielsen ratings for TV and whatnot. 
And Bookscan only tracks book sales at specific stores, in-person stores. So I've had authors who sold tens of thousands of copies of their book, well and beyond what you need to be on the New York Times bestseller list. And they didn't make it just because it wasn't at this one bookstore, <laughs> you know, where the copies were, uh, were were sold. So I tell it mo most people that if that's your objective to have your kind of selling author behind your name, you're kind of missing the point for what the objective is for a book. Yes, having that can build your your credibility, but it's not really trackable. Is there is there a direct financial benefit to having your kind of best selling author behind your name versus number one international best selling author? And you can, you can actually show how many books that you've sold and that you've sold really well. That is a more practical type of uh, an attribute than more of kind of a vanity metric. Like I had a bestseller that was in this newspaper. So yeah, sure. the background on that bestseller status claim. Now, how do we get there? Like I said, the art and the science. The science is to pick specific categories of books that are, they're low competition but at the same time, they have quality authors in those spaces. So the way that, let's say, Amazon bestselling works, those categories is that you can pick up the 10 categories that you like, we like your book to be listed in. And of course, you want as many sales as possible and as short a time as possible because these things update hourly. So what's really, really cool is when you pick a, maybe a lesser known category that has some big names in it, maybe Gary Vaynerchuk, let's say, and you have a bunch of copies that are purchased all at one time, maybe over several days, you're on a bunch of podcasts, you're doing these marketing activities that we've set you up with to, uh, to get done on your behalf. And you're on there for several days. You best be taking screenshots of your book outselling all of these big names. And that alone really impresses people like, wow, people are, I've already bought five of those books that are, aren't selling as well as yours. I should go check out and, and, and buy yours. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the science. There's a great tool I recommend called Publisher Rocket that allows you to look at some of these categories are some of the keywords that you should look at to actually get organic book sales. So one of our little secrets is that we would go on Publisher Rocket and look at what are the low competition keywords that people are searching and then they're buying, not just searching and browsing. So I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a tip here. If your book is ever going to have the words self-care in the title and subtitle of book description, you will not sell a darn copy. <laughs> okay. It is one of the highest searched categories of books, yet it pays pennies. So people are browsing and they're not buying. So they're not investing in their self-care, right. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> kind of ironic there. But to get to away from kind of the science to the art, one of Robert Cialdini's persuasion principles is urgency. So having an expiring offer that surrounds your book, it can be real as, as simple as this. Buy my book within 48 hours of its release, and I will send you the free audiobook edition and a ticket to a live 60-minute question and answer with me, the author, a week from launch. All you have to do is buy the book within 48 hours of the publication date and forward your Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever confirmation email to this special email address, and you'll have a seat reserved. And then, of course, that live question and answer time you do can spill right into your discovery call that you book with anyone who attends. It can be as simple as that. It can be as sophisticated as giving away, you know, whole courses. I've seen some people that give out, you know, fifteen thousand dollars worth of courses. All you got to do is spend fifteen bucks on this paperback book, and fifteen thousand is yours. But you have to buy it within forty-eight hours, or within twenty-four hours. So you have that that limited time 
bonus offer to incentivize as many copies as possible. Wow. Yeah. So you help implement a lot of those strategies on the back end to help people have this plan in place prior to launch. Right, right. And and it, it makes it very easy for authors to delegate this entire thing to someone else who's who's done this, who's experienced, who has the knowledge. Because as, a, as an entrepreneur, at any stage of growth, you ultimately want to be working on your business, not so much in your business. In authorship, it's the same. You want to work on your book, not in your book. Absolutely. So, okay, let's say we have people listening in who have been entertaining the idea of writing a book, whether they're ready for a ghostwriter or they want to do it on their own, where is a good place to start? Like, do they start trying to create an outline? Do they just start brain dumping their thoughts onto a page? What is the first step to writing a book to make it something that will actually come to fruition and be published someday? Yes. So I answered this question in Founder Magazine, and I'll pull out the answer right here for everyone. The very first thing you want to do is brain dump. Just as you said, get as many ideas out as possible. But in order so that you don't get totally lost in your ideas, use a simple mind mapping tool like MindMeister. Great software. So maybe let's go to the back to the simple example of web marketing. So in your middle of your mind map, you've got a little cloud that says web marketing. You've got some spokes that come off of that, kind of like the hub of a wheel, right? You've got these spokes. So maybe a spoke is copywriting. A spoke is social media. A spoke is email, a spoke is webinar, a spoke is video, right? And then on each of those topics, well, what are the subtopics? So maybe video, maybe you have, okay, uh, maybe one is webinars. So maybe a part of video is live video. Maybe part of video is advertising, right? So the different advertising platforms. And maybe you have tips on Instagram versus Facebook versus YouTube. So this way, it allows you to, to record what's on your mind that you could write about in an organized sort of a way. So the mind map is really helpful where everything is connected. So it it makes sense. And you can look at a glance, what could be in your book. Then what you go and do is you implement that customer research strategy that I was sharing a few moments ago, where you're looking at what your future readers want from your book. And then by process of elimination, you realize what people say they don't want from your book. So you know, I was going to have a whole section on, on funnel building, but everybody's saying, I'm tired of this topic. Please talk about this other thing instead. So you realize, okay, maybe I can de-emphasize funnel building. Maybe I can roll that because it's essential. I can roll that into another chapter. So I'm giving just the facts for maybe people who aren't as familiar with that topic. And you'll also get ideas from these, these reviews that you're mining for what people actually want from your book, maybe topics you haven't thought of but you are in fact an expert in. So that's the very first thing is this two-part process of first mind mapping out everything you could talk about. And then from there, by process of elimination or inclusion, depending on what your reviews say, you'll know there what should be in your uh, your book. And the exciting thing about the type of process I take authors through is that it's not one where you give up all of your creative energy. You're mentioning that some people, they're going to want to do it themselves. And that's fine. I have, uh, I guess you could call it kind of a, a co-writing book publishing Sherpa program that authors, what they do is we, we meet regularly. They're putting all their thoughts on paper, kind of brainstorming on the 8.5 by 11 or on the laptop. And what we do is we get together and we sharpen their ideas. Their ideas, I'm live editing in real time on screen in front of them running everything past them. It's a lot of fun for authors who have experience writing. Maybe they're their own copywriter. They've not done a book before, so they're nervous and they, they want to make sure everything's in the right place. So I do that with a lot 
of, of authors, aspiring authors, is, is go through that route where they're not necessarily delegating it to someone who does it all for them, but it's kind of a, a done with you sort of a process. But whether that's your story or whether you just want to work on this an hour a week and uh, let someone else handle it, regardless, the best place to start is the mind map plus the customer research. And what, what did you say that tool was again for mind mapping? A mindmeister. Mindmeister.com. It's a, it's a free, uh, free software uh, you can use. It's, it's fantastic. And I, I highly recommend starting there. That's awesome. This has been so incredible. I want to ask you just a couple of last questions because sure. to kind of wrap it all up, but I have to first thank you because this is something that's been on my heart for a while, but I know it's on a lot of people's hearts, whether it's on their vision board or they just have this calling that they know they want to get their, their thoughts onto paper and into a book and into people's hands and into people's hearts. Sometimes it can feel so daunting. So it's nice to know that there are tools and resources and people that can help along the way without it being something that only a professional writer could ever accomplish. So that's really cool. I love the work you're doing. Who inspires you? Like who are the people in your life, whether it be people in your inner circle or people who, you know, just from afar that have really inspired you along the way? Yes, yes. So there's a, a few different people that I, I want to bring up. Uh, one of which is I, I, I think of her as the chief marketing officer of, of my business, the Entrepreneur's Wordsmith. Her name is Heather Kristansky. She is a phenomenal Canadian marketing agency expert who is all things selling a high ticket service online. And one of her, I guess you could say, uh, uh, best parts of her her consulting with, with me and, and growing this business has been to look at what people believe about ghostwriting, about publishing, that's not true. So it's not a matter of my message being, hey, I can help you write your book, but more so, here are the essentials you need to know if you have writing a book on your vision board. So all my messaging, my videos that are out there online, I have almost 100 trainings on YouTube that are specific to questions that people have about the book writing and publishing processes. And I get so much organic traffic to my website just from those videos. And that's been uh, uh, an inspirational, I guess, takeaway from uh, working together with Heather. Uh, I would also want to mention my wife, Judy, who has been a fantastic inspiration to me personally because she's joined my business. I kind of you know, uh, retired her from her, uh, from her existing career path. And now she gets to something that she really loves working inside of the Entrepreneur's Wordsmith as a family business. And then, of course, my, our, our little son, Wesley, who we joke is the unpaid intern of the Love family. It. So yeah, they're, they're my, they're my why and Heather is my how. Yes. I love that. We need both. And it's pretty cool, both hearing what you do and what's possible in this space. But I also love having people on who have taken their skill sets and their gifts and their vision and turned it into their own entrepreneurial journey, their own business and taken that leap because it can be scary. There are a lot of moving parts. It's not a clean cut path. And a lot of the stuff you're doing is very innovative. So I think it's really commendable to say, you know, amazing job on both the work you're doing, but how you've turned that into something viable to support your family and to support so many people who want to bring books into the world. Thank you so much for your time today. Where can people come find you? It's been my pleasure, Elizabeth. A couple of places, actually. If you're an aspiring author and you're going into the book writing world because you want this to be a, a moneymaker and a business builder for you personally, head on over to entrepreneurswordsmith.com. Entrepreneurs is plural and word and smith are word and smith. <laughs> entrepreneurswordsmith.com. There's a couple of free tools you'll see right above the fold, one of which 
is uh, a tool that allows you to estimate the revenue that your book can bring your business in the first year. So you just put in your, your numbers. It has some, some uh, industry standard formulas in there. So you can kind of uh, estimate conservatively what it would look like to, to launch a book. So you can start thinking the guerrilla marketing way. 30,000 from royalties, 9.9 million from everything else after that. And it'll give you those specific numbers for your business. If you're an aspiring ghostwriter, maybe you're thinking you want to you want to break out of just general freelance writing, maybe you're a copywriter or a marketing person, you want to work with some high-level people, but you don't necessarily know how to build your personal brand as a ghostwriter, you can head on over to ghostwriteandprosper.com. It's a uh, it's a service I put together that first of all debunks a lot of the myths about ghostwriting from the ghostwriter's perspective. I have a seven-part video series that talks about the different uh, myths about ghostwriting that keep freelance writers broke as F. Uh, <laughs> that's something you want to check out if you're an aspiring ghostwriter, ghostwriteandprosper.com. That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Josh, for coming on. This was amazing and I'll happily send people your way. So thanks for the work you're doing and I'm excited for everybody to hear this episode. I think it's going to be great. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all of the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, Take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.